0: Hello, and welcome to Quality Time, brought to you by The Quality Inn. I'm sitting here with Kenzie Rourke, the head softball coach at Ohio University. Um, Kenzie's originally from Nashville. Um, Kenzie is a lover of the Titans. I am a lover of the Browns. I assume your love affair has been more, hmm, what's the word, uh, two-sided. I feel like I love them and they don't love me as much. Um, so tell me about, so you're the, the Houston Oilers moved to Nashville in 97. Mm -hmm. You're like seven, eight years old. Uh, What's the response in your family? Are you guys excited? Are you like, what is this team coming? Are you just happy to have a team? What are you thinking?
1: We were thrilled. Um, I actually remember very vividly. I was, um, I was at our little league park uh, that I was playing when I I was young and a couple of the Houston Oilers came to the little league park and um, I got a picture in a magazine with a couple of them um, because they were, you know, trying to come by and kind of get people excited for the team coming to Nashville. Um, But yeah, pretty much since they got there, we became Titans fans and, you know, some years have been better than others, but uh, you know, we, we do love having them in Nashville.
0: Yeah. Well, two years later, the Browns came back to Cleveland. And since then, the Browns have won one game, one opening game. Um, we didn't win this year again. So that's 20 times right. we've lost. Um, two years ago, we happened to lose to the Titans. The Titans scored 43 on us. Um, mm. So that's the most somebody scored since we've been back in an opening game. So you've got that going for you. You also have going for you in uh, 2000, the Music City Miracle. Tell me about that. Where were you, were you watching that game? I assume you were in some way or shape or form watching that game.
1: I was watching it. Um, I remember I was at my, I was actually at my house when um, I didn't, we didn't go to that game, but I remember thinking like, oh man, game's over. And um, when, when he hit that lateral pass um, and then they went and ran down for a touchdown, I my entire family was jumping on the couches um, <laughs> and screaming. And we actually ended up, so after they won that, um, there was a big stadium party. <laughs> so everybody went to the stadium and, um, you know, congratulated the team. And then the following week they went, um, I forget who it was that they played, but they they won that game. And then everybody greeted them at the airport. It, that was like a very exciting time for the Titans. It was Stephen Nair, Eddie George, you know, Frank Wycheck, all of them um so that was a really really fun uh time to be a titans fan we were all super into it and everyone was all in
0: yeah you and they'd been there for three years right because they just got in there in 97 this is three years later Mm -hmm. um meanwhile the browns did not make the playoffs that year if you were wondering but (laughs) um but good for you i'm happy for you and your family it seems like that was an enjoyable experience
1: (laughs) we we have enjoyed the titans for sure
0: um, talk to me more about what it was like. We were like sixth, seventh grade then, growing up in Nashville. What was what was a seventh grade? What was what was life like for you athletically as a seventh grader? I assume you're playing softball. Um, mm-hmm. Did you play any other sports?
1: Uh, I did play volleyball. I played that until my junior year of um, of high school. I well, I stopped after my sophomore year. I um, had an injury and decided that well, I probably wasn't going to go to college to play volleyball I was softball was kind of my niche so I you were pretty good at softball let's not act like it was
0: just that <laughs> it turns out you're pretty good at softball
1: well I yeah I just it was one of those things where the it was a foot injury so obviously in volleyball with all the jumping and um, being on the hardwood and stuff like yeah. that it was just kind of one of those things that i had to make a decision and so i feel i feel pretty good with the one that i went with
0: (laughs) i think it worked out okay for you um yeah let's talk a little bit about that you decide that you're going to go to virginia tech Mm -hmm. Um, they have you're a pitcher Um, Mm -hmm. they have an amazing pitcher when you get there right right Mm -hmm. you're learning you're learning behind one of the best pitchers in, in school history as you guys right. go to the College World Series as mm-hmm. a freshman. What is that experience like as you're going through the ups and downs? I mean, you go there to play. I assume at some point you realize that she's probably a little bit better than you. Um, yeah. But you're able to learn and, and, I mean, you go to the College World Series, which I had to be a childhood dream growing up.
1: Yeah, I mean, watching, getting to watch the World Series—that's something that you dream of whenever you, um, whenever you're thinking about your your sport and, and you know doing what you what you love and, and being able to you know, Angie wasn't just the best pitcher in school history. You know that year she was voted Player of the Year um, in the NCAA. Uh, so you know, being able to share a bullpen with somebody with um, you know that kind of experience and um, being able to to learn and, and kind of grow with. Uh, especially as a young player you know that was invaluable so it was really great that
0: had to be that had to be just an amazing feeling when you when you realize what's going on and um, especially probably looking back on I'm sure there's some fond memories Um, and then the next year you you're pitching against Virginia uh, in the ACC quarterfinals talk to me about that game a little bit you were fantastic
1: well you know, obviously there's no love lost between Virginia Tech and UVA. And so, you know, you kind of – you always get up for the rival games. And, um, you know, that year they got us – they busted us in uh, uh, regular season. And so we kind of went in with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder um, and ended up having a pretty good game.
0: Yeah, I would say. I would say you did pretty good. <laughs> um so you obviously had a, had a lot of on-field success. Um, I, I think one of the neat things about baseball and softball is um, the 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 rain delays and the, the things you go through wondering if you're going to get to play or not play. And you,
1: know, mm-hmm. you play, then
0: they bring the tarp out, and you stop, and then you restart, and you're hanging out in the dugout. Um, tell me a good story. Um, tell me a good rain delay shenanigans story from your time, either in high school or college, or even as, as a coach.
1: Uh, goodness! <laughs> Which one?
0: I know. I um, so I, I it, can.
1: I'll give you a couple. They're they're kind of different. So as a player, my favorite rain delay story. Um, it was actually we were at Tennessee for the regional, and the rain came, and it was a night game, um, and we had. We, it was, we had won our first game and they had won their first game. So it was, uh, you know, the one versus the two Mm -hmm. and, um, the, (laughs) this is, this is crazy. So our SID, as they're starting to get the field ready, um, and stuff, our SID, the SID for Tennessee said, Hey, like, what's some good rain like songs to get people kind of excited for the game to come back on, you know? Right. Um, and our SID just casually goes, uh, I heard Inner Sandman's pretty good, thinking, like, you know, ha ha, it would be a good joke. But right. their SID, um, and I don't know, I don't think it was their SID. It was just the guy who was working up in the press box. But he goes, He was like, Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Well, Anyone who knows anything about Virginia Tech knows that Inner Sandman is like the biggest hype song. I mean, it's the greatest football endurance in college. Like it is so awesome. So he throws on Inner Sandman.
0: All right, so you guys are going. Have-
1: our dugout went crazy. All of right. our fans, like the the stadium was shaking. And um so our we and we had runners on. Like whenever you came back um, right. to resume the game, and the girl who was up to bat, her name was Missy Hall. You know she is just just jacked up, and so she's out there already taking swings before they even made it out on the field to take a couple of like reps. And she ends up like first pitch hits a bomb over the scoreboard, and that was that's probably my favorite playing memory. Yeah, um, wow. because it was just like electric. Yeah. I mean- um. And so then obviously, you know, that put them in a the loser's bracket. And it was, yeah, it was a, that was my favorite playing one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then we've had a couple as a coach, you know, some of these rain delays, you know, you're stuck in the dugout if you don't have a place to go. So this past season we had, um, we were playing Furman and our kids, um, they got a softball and they sent over, they were rolling it from dugout to dugout playing hangman. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they were, like, did a little dance-off and everything. So those those are fun memories. You know, we all joke and laugh about it, and we all have videos to bring up later. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's part of the uniqueness of your sport, right? Because you guys right. are kind of – you're subject to the weather. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the game can stop. You could have a runner on second. You could have a runner on third, and all of a sudden – the game stops and you got to go back to your dugouts and, yep. and then it magically restarts. So I can, mm-hmm. that, that certainly is a uniqueness of your game. Um, we call
1: ourselves outdoor pets. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, the other uniqueness is the uh, the unwritten rules of your game. And mm-hmm. I don't know how much you follow Major League Baseball. But I'm sure you at least are aware of how good Fernando Tatis Jr. is. Mm -hmm. Um, I I coach an indoor sport. So my sport starts and stops pretty much on time.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: You know, there's very few things that interrupt our sport. Um, Our rules are pretty hard and fast. We don't have a lot of unwritten rules. Um, Somewhere along the line, baseball had this rule that is – unwritten, which I assume it must have been spoken into fruition, um, that when you have a 3-0 count and you're winning by a certain number of runs, you shouldn't Mm -hmm. try to score more runs. Am I interpreting that rule correctly? Um, Yes. Can you share to me, teach me, teach a a basketball coach how these rules work.
1: I Well, a lot of it, it's it's unspoken, it's unwritten, um, but they are, the way that it's looked at as respecting the game, um, you know, I think a lot of, in Major League Baseball now, with the amount of money there is to be made, um, you know, especially somebody like Tatis, if his contract says, all right, if you hit X amount of home runs, then you get a such and such million dollar bonus, like... Mm -hmm. I'm taking a swing on a three and no count. Like I'm going to take my shot. Um, You know, I I like you,
0: Kenzie. I agree.
1: That's, that's just, that's how I feel about it. And all, you know, and the other part is, is they were up on that particular one. I think they were only up by seven and we've seen, we've seen leads blown in one inning with less or with more than seven runs. And so kind of my thing is like, why would, we wouldn't have cared if it was on a two and one count. But because it was a three and no count, we have a problem with it, and that's kind of where I'm like, eh, that kind of seems like an old school uh, form of thought. And I mean, there are a bunch of people who still think that. I know um, I was talking with another baseball coach, and he said um, he won't take he won't take extra bases, maybe necessarily, um, or you know, put on like hit and runs and things like that if they're up by you know eleven runs. But something like I mean, you're talking that's a, you don't leave a pitch like that to the arguably the hottest hitter in major league baseball. Um, And, you know, it's my thought also, and I'm a pitcher is, you know, pitcher you're bad for bases loaded. And then getting behind on arguably the best hitter in major league baseball right now. So I don't know, double-edged sword, I feel like.
0: Yeah. But you're giving a pitcher's perspective. And even as a pitcher, you can Mm -hmm. agree that if he has a chance to swing at a pitch, if he has a choice to either hit a home run or take a strike, you would encourage your players to hit a home run
1: every time okay every time I would I would tell my kids one hundred percent on a three and no count if you feel like and now that's you know we have we have that with our kids you know on a three and no count you better it better be a payoff pitch. you don't want to pop up or ground out on a three and no count, but right. I mean he. It worked out for him. So <laughs> I would
0: say I would yeah. say, it worked out. So later he had to apologize for hitting a home run, which was bizarre. Un-
1: unreal. I know.
0: Um, but I'm glad we agree. That makes that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, when you came to Ohio. So you're in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of summer. It's the end of summer <laughs> it's the um, end of summer mm-hmm. you're you're fully invested on probably figuring out what you're going to do with your team um, the job comes open your first head coaching job mm-hmm. what uh tell me about that. talk a little bit about like that forty eight hour period from the time when Jim offered you the job and you accepted the job what you did from the time you accepted the job till you got to your press conference and in, in Athens, Ohio, it had to be quite an exciting, exhilarating 48 hours for you.
1: It was, um, you know, I, you're absolutely right. I was fully invested in being in Spartanburg. Um, I mean, we were in practice at that point. Cause we, we just went back to school before OU did. Um, and, you know, getting, getting that call, I got that call on a Friday. Um, I had, interviewed on Wednesday um got home Thursday night got his phone call Friday and that next I mean the next honestly the next month was just a whirlwind just a blur I'm like where am I going what am I doing <laughs> who am I who am I meeting like so many new faces and you know my first day was the first day of class for um for Ohio. And so I'm getting there as all the students are already there. They've kind of started getting, um, into the swing of classes and stuff. So, um, I mean, it was, it was a whirlwind, but you know, a very, very exciting time. And, um, you know, my head coach at, at upstate, he was extremely, extremely supportive of me taking this opportunity and um, just really great in the whole process. So, uh, it was, it was awesome though.
0: Yeah. And you did a great year. I mean, you win 34 games your first year, did a tremendous job. And then we promised not to talk about last year, so we won't. We'll we'll breeze over um, what happened last year. Um, In closing, I have to ask you if we're going to when you go home, friends are coming in town, new to Nashville. And they say, I want to go to lower Broadway. (laughs) Where are you taking them? This has been the most important question uh, on my list. I want to know where to go when I go to lower Broadway from an expert.
1: I'm um, probably not going to lower Broadway, but (laughs) I mean, I think if you've never been to Nashville, you definitely want to go. But as somebody who is, I mean, I guess I'm still a local. I haven't lived there since I was 18, but um, I mean, you definitely have to hit. Some of the like major places, like Tootsie's, go see what that's about some of the honky tongs, like the stage. Um, I know a bunch of people who have never been they love those places because it's i mean it's great live music it's always there's always a show, and there's somebody i mean in order for those people to keep those gigs, they have to pretty much guarantee the the uh, restaurants and bars down there that they can keep a certain <laughs> amount of people in their bar, and if they don't, then on to the next act, mm-hmm. and so you know you always get quality people in there, which is which is a lot of fun, but you really can't go wrong. Music's great, shows the food.
0: Where's the best place for barbecue in Nashville?
1: Ooh, um, I'm a huge fan of Edley's. Um, it's over uh, kind of in like the East Nashville area and it's, it is really good.
0: No, there we got it, from the, from the expert. From the Nashville expert. <laughs> um, I wish you and your Titans the best of luck. Thank you. I don't know that the Browns will have the success that you'll have. You won (laughs) on opening night. You're at least in first place for the time being. We're comfortably in second at Mm -hmm. 0-1. But uh, thanks so much for your time today, Kenzie. I wish you the best of luck. And uh, hopefully you'll be back in the office and on the field soon.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Bob.
0: All righty, take care. You too.